Welcome to Sunday Morning at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Now, here's Pastor Goss. Well, good morning. We're going to talk today about discouragement. All of us go through it one time or another. We're in this series of The Answer To. And today we're going to look at the answer to discouragement. In Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 8, the writer there says, Don't be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you or abandon you. You know, if we hold on to that and believe that, discouragement doesn't have to enter the picture because God always keeps his promise. And we're going to look at a story today that maybe is familiar to, with you, maybe not. It's found in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 1 to 18, and it's the story of the birth and beginning of Samuel the prophet. And so we begin in verse 1. There was a man named Eliad and lived in Ramah. You know, first verse just gives us all that stuff. He's the son. He was there. They were there. He had two wives, Hannah and Paniah. Paniah had children, but Hannah did not. Key to the story. Each year, he would travel to Shiloh and worship and sacrifice to the Lord of heaven's armies. At the tabernacle, and the priest of the Lord at that time were the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas. One day, after I presented his sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to Paniah and each of her children. So he gave each one a portion. And though he, very important understanding here, because it goes on through the story, he loved Hannah. He loved her. He would give her only one choice portion because the Lord had given her no children. And so that's where the story picks up. That's the background to the story. And now we're going to look at this story and see what it has to say to us about how you and I deal with discouragement and the answer to it. So it begins with this understanding. Withstand the tendency to allow people or circumstances to dictate your mood. You've got to really fight this battle that you're allowing other people or the things going on in your life to tell you how you're going to feel because we don't respond to just what's going on outside of us because we have God and the Spirit alive within us. Notice what happens. Peniel would taunt Hannah, make fun of her because the Lord had kept her from having children. And year after year, it was the same. This didn't just go on for a little while. This goes on for some time. Paniah would taunt Hannah as they went to the tabernacle. And each time, Hannah would be reduced to tears and wouldn't even eat. She had a husband who loved her, but she was listening to the wrong voice because discouragement comes from a lot of different voices. Let's talk for just a moment about where discouragement comes from. First of all, it comes when we concentrate on what's wrong rather than what's right. We look at the negative side of life. We look at the problems. We look at the difficulty. We look at the circumstances. We look at all that's wrong, and we forget to look at what's right. She lived in a home where her husband loved her. Conditions that add to stress. She couldn't have children. So because this was going on, it was creating stress in her life. Sometimes stress comes from physical conditions that you and I have. It, it is there. It has to be addressed. And we have to understand that the circumstances around us and the conditions we're going through can cause discouragement. Comparison. <laughs> She's got kids. I don't. 
She's better off than I am. I'm not one of the chosen. Constant pressure. Year after year, she was made fun of. Time again, every time. It's ongoing. It just keeps repeating itself. As life often does, doesn't it? We have to deal with the comparison of what's going on. We look around. Other people seem to be doing fine. We don't think we are. And we're comparing ourselves with them, and we come up short. She's got kids. I don't. There's the pressure then she puts on me because of that. And not only the pressure, but criticism comes along. Notice what it said about her and what we read. She made fun of her. She was taunted. She held it up in her face. Nah, 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 nah. I've got kids. You don't. What's wrong with you? Look how good I am. Must be something wrong. And people begin to criticize and you face criticism. And then if you're not careful, you begin to believe it. And then confusion comes in. God, why am I like this? Why don't I have any kids? What's going on? And you begin to be confused about your circumstances and your situation. I don't understand why I'm in this place. I don't think this is fair. I don't think this is right. And so we go through all of those things sometimes, and all of them bring us to a point of discouragement because we're focusing in the wrong place. And so you've got to be very careful that you allow the tendencies of people, you allow the circumstances of life to dictate your mood. What dictates your mood? God's faithfulness, God's goodness, God's word. And so she was going through this. She was being made fun of. She was in this constant place of confusion and stress. Secondly, watch out when others don't understand. Now, I'm about to read you one of the most dumbest actions that anybody could ever do. I want you to notice this. Her husband, who loved her, he says, why are you crying? Why aren't you eating? Why should you be downhearted because you've got no children? And here's the line. You have me. Isn't that better than having 10 sons? Every woman alive knows that answer. And men, if you ever give that answer, you deserve the knot on your head that you'll end up with. Well, you've got me. You don't need to worry about it. I'm here. I, you know, why are you being downcast? And so you've got to understand that there's going to be people who care about you, who love you, but the guy is saying, look, you've got this. What more could you want in life? We're not going to go there. And he says this, trying to comfort her, but we all know what that does to her. That doesn't make her feel any better, does it? And so he, he says those words. He says, just snap out of it. You know, why do you got to be discouraged about, you know, you, you don't need to do this. I'm here. And even though he intended to help and to comfort, we all know that those words weren't taken in that manner. Willingly turn your attention to God. 
She does something that every one of us should do in the midst of discouragement. When things are not going the way we want them to, when we're facing ourselves with a confusing time and being criticized and we're going through all of this and people around us who want to help, who care about us, but yet they're not saying the things that help us and they're of no help whatsoever, where do we do? You don't turn your attention to yourself and how bad you have it. You don't turn your attention to all the circumstances you're going through. You're turning your attention to God. Verse 9 of 1 Samuel 1. Once after a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and went to pray. Eli the priest was sitting at his customary place beside the entrance to the tabernacle. And Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. And she made this vow, O Lord of heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, I will give him back to you and he will be yours for his entire lifetime. And as a sign that he's been dedicated to the Lord, his hair would never be cut. So in desperation, Turn to God. Talk to Him. Tell Him what you're feeling. You're not going to surprise Him. He's not going to beat you up for it. He's not going to say, snap out of it. He's going to have compassion on you. He's going to try and comfort you. He's going to listen to you. And so what this godly woman does in the midst of her deepest discouragement, because all the people around her, the family members, don't seem to get it, and don't make it better, she turns to the one place every one of us should turn to. She turns to God and begins to talk to Him. Cast all your cares on God because He cares for you. Give to Him your sorrows. Give to Him your hurts, your fears, your pain. Talk to God about it. Then, you're going to have to be careful here because you're going to have to withstand the hurts from others. There's going to be other people who maybe will look at you and come to a wrong conclusion, who will think, why are you like this? Notice what happens. As she was praying to the Lord, going through this agony, going through this pouring out her heart, Eli watched her, the high priest. And seeing her lips moving but hearing no sound, he thought she had been drinking. Do you need to come here drunk, he commanded? Throw away your wine. And don't do this. Let it go. Don't, don't come here in that manner. And what's he do? He begins to accuse her of something she's not guilty of. He begins to question her motives. You ever had someone say to you, I'll just snap out of it, you're a Christian? Oh, come on. Be better than that. Well, you're probably in this mess because of something that you've done. And they accuse you falsely and they misinterpret your actions. So not only do you have people that you care about and that you love who are close to you, who are trying to help you in some cases and making things worse in other cases, now you have other people who are accusing you of things that aren't true. And this poor lady is just in a great despair and in a great place of discouragement. 
and she's fighting a battle that she seems to be the only one who understands. Know this. You may feel like you're the only one who sees things correctly. You may feel like you're the only one who understands it. But God knows and God hears. Don't panic. Don't overreact. Don't allow it to deepen your discouragement. Notice people are going to say things. Some people really care about you and want to help you get through this time. Don't just push them away. Some people might say some things, godly people, that aren't true, but they're trying to figure out what's going on. And so what you have to do is you have to welcome those who don't understand. You don't just turn them off. You don't just walk away. You don't just say, well, if that's the way you are, I don't want to talk to anybody. And what you do and what we tend to do is we go and isolate ourselves more. Now, please understand something. If you're in a difficult time and you go off by yourself, your discouragement is only going to deepen because you're going to end up just talking to yourself. You're going to end up feeling sorry for yourself. And so you have to stay in place where God has you and allow those around you to help you. Because sometimes God will use those people to get your attention and sometimes they will have a word for you, they will have advice for you that even though they maybe come across as a little bit difficult, they still have something to say. She says, oh no, sir. I haven't been drinking wine or anything strong. I am very discouraged. And you see, it takes a really godly person that when somebody has just accused you of something to still be open and honest with them. But that's what she did. She didn't look at Eli and say, look, if that's the way you think of me, just forget it and storms away. Because sometimes that's what we do. Because out of our hurts, when somebody says something, it tends to hurt even more. And we react and we respond in a manner that isn't healthy. And so he says something, and rather than her storming off in a fit, she says, sir, look, I'm not doing that. I'm just really discouraged, and I'm pouring out my heart to the Lord, and I'm trying to get a handle on this, and I just need God's help. Don't think I'm a wicked woman. I have been praying out of great anguish and sorrow. I've been pouring out my heart to God. In that case, Eli said, go in peace. May the God of Israel grant your request you have asked of him. You see, he didn't seem to understand but he had the word for her that she needed to hear. And we want to shut everybody out when we're discouraged. And by so doing, we just eliminate one person after another person after another person because nobody ever seems to be able to say the right thing in the right manner at the right time. And some people who really love us are trying to help and we push them away because they say something like, hey, I'm better than you, you know. And other people make fun of us because of what we're going through. And other people say things that are kind of hurty. And, you know, we end up just pulling away. And when we pull away, we just let discouragement win the day. And it just settles in. 
and we never can seem to get out of it. And so she listened. She expressed herself. She said what she needed to say. And God spoke to her. And so you walk in faith that comes from God's word. Now notice her response. It's incredible. It's just a great response here. Oh, thank you, sir, she exclaimed. (laughs) She went back, began to eat again, and she was no longer sad. Wow. That's pretty incredible. All because, why? As the prophet, as the high priest, she had a word from God. That's why you talk to God. That's why you read your Bible. Because as you read your Bible and as you pray, God speaks to you. That's why you let other people into your life. And even though sometimes it might be harsh and even sometimes it might be hard, sometimes God will speak through them. And so she says, I believe that what you say is right and therefore I'm accepting it and I will hold on to it and I will receive it. And so God heard my prayer you said this is going to happen. I believe it. Let's go. See, she didn't walk away going, well, I hope that's true. I hope something good happens. I, I hope you're right. I don't know. We'll, we'll wait and see. No, she embraced what God wanted to do for her. God wants to speak to every one of us and help us in the midst of discouraging times. But we've got to not let the circumstances speak to us. We've got to not allow what other people say, good, bad, indifferent, trying to help, trying to hurt. doesn't matter. We can't let those override the voice of God. Because in the midst of discouragement, God's always talking to us. God's always trying to help us. God always is trying to encourage us. And so you focus on Him, and when you read something, when you hear something, You hold on to it and you embrace it and you begin to act like it's true. She was no longer sad. Then you have to wait for God to be faithful. You have to wait for God to be faithful. See, what we want to happen is that when we're discouraged, we want a magic pill. We want the silver bullet. We want somebody to say something that just stops it. We want everything over with and done and we begin to pick up. Instead of understanding, you know what? I've got a hope now. I've got a word now. I've got something now that God's going to help me with. And I can hold on to that and know that God is going to be faithful. Have you ever noticed how we keep talking about the faithfulness of God? God is faithful and God will help us. So notice what happens. The entire family got up early the next morning and went to worship the Lord once more. And they returned home. And when Echonai slept with Hannah, the Lord remembered her plea. And here it is, in due time. Now, we don't know how long that was. It could have been another week or two. It could have been another year or two. We don't know. But in due time, in the right time. You see, this son that she has is this prophet Samuel. This man's going to have a great influence on the whole nation of Israel. And God had to have it at the right time. And God's timing is everything. We get impatient with the timing of God. We want it now. We want it over with quickly. 
But in due time, God's never late. She gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, for she said, I asked the Lord for him. And the next year, Echaniah and his family went to their annual trip to offer a sacrifice to the Lord and to keep his vow. Hannah did not go. She told her husband, wait until the boy's weaned. Then I'll take him to the tabernacle and have him there with the Lord permanently. Whatever you think is best, he agreed. Stay here for now, and may the Lord help you keep your promise. Wow. Keep your promise. That's, a, that's an important thing to understand. She stayed home, nursed the boy until he was weaned. And when the child was weaned, Hannah took him to the tabernacle in Shiloh. They brought along a three-year-old bull for the sacrifice and a basket of flour with some wine. And after sacrificing the bull, they brought the boy to Eli. So she had the boy for, what, two, three years, maybe four? This is a young boy still. He's not very old. We're not given an age other than when he was weaned. So four, five, tops. They bring this young child to God. In due time, don't get impatient with God's timing and with what he's doing and when he's going to do it. God is going to be faithful. He is going to keep his word. He will deliver you. He will bring you out of discouragement. Hold on to him. Don't get impatient. Don't get in a rush. Yes, we'd like for it all to be over. Yes, we'd like for it to be done. But God has a reason and God has a time. And you and I need to adjust to that. Because many of our problems are the result of us being impatient with God and not understanding God's faithfulness. Whatever happens, keep your word to God. Whatever happens. God, if you'll get me out of this, I'll do this. You better do it. God, I'm going to be faithful to you no matter what. You do it. God, if you get me through this, you better do it. Notice what she does. Sir, do you remember me? Hannah asked. I'm the very woman who stood here several years ago praying to the Lord. And I asked the Lord to give me this boy, and he has granted my request. And now I'm giving him to the Lord, and he will belong to the Lord his whole life. Godly woman, you know, having a boy for just a few years and then giving him there and walking away, all because of God's goodness. And so she obeyed God. She did what she promised. She did what God wanted her to do because God was working in her to raise up this young man. So when discouragement comes in, you and I have to understand we all go through those times and there's going to be people around us and they're going to say all kinds of things and we're going to be misunderstood. We're going to be challenged. We're going to have to go a time of grieving and pouring out our heart to God. But what we need is, God, I just need a word from you. God, I just need you to remind me once again that you're going to be faithful, that you're going to keep your word to me, that I don't have to be afraid that I know you will help me. And I don't need to hide from people. I don't need to run away. God, you're with me 
and you will take care of me and you will bring me through this time. One last point. Worship God. Last phrase of this verse. They worship the Lord there. See, here's a family. When the story begins, what are they doing? We pick up the story when they're going to Shiloh to worship the Lord. We end this story when they're at Shiloh worshiping the Lord. This is a people that put God on a high priority in their life. And they gave their attention to him. And they called on him to take care of them. They honored him in everything that they did. They brought the sacrifices. They did what was required. And they did it with a heart that was pleasing to God. And so even as she has to walk away from the boy, what does she do? She worships the Lord. God will be faithful. And as long as we keep him as our highest priority, and as long as we keep our eyes fixed on him, God will take care of us and God will help us. The psalmist David put it this way, and he, this verse is repeated a few times throughout the Psalms. Why am I so discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. The world has a lot of ways to handle discouragement. It can give you some pills. It can tell you to go talk to somebody who will kind of help you work through things. But God has something too for you today that if you'll turn to him, he will help you through this time. He will encourage you. He will strengthen you. He will provide for you. He will give you what is needed. And so today, I would just encourage you with all that I can. If you're finding discouragement today, easy to do in these times that we live in, not knowing what the future holds, getting a little tired of everything going over and over and over again, day after day. Understand, God has a plan. God will see you through this and God will help you because we serve a faithful God who will see us through. And maybe today you've been trying to fight this battle on your own, thinking you can just overcome it and you've been trying to do it by yourself and you realize this isn't getting better. And maybe what you need to do today is go to God in prayer. Just talk to him about it. Tell him what you're feeling. Tell him what you're going through. Let him speak into your life. Take the Bible, his word, and just read it there. Look at it. The psalmist gives some great directives on how to deal with this because he was very honest with God. Many times David would say, I'm discouraged. The enemy's doing this and the enemy's doing that and the enemy's coming out with that. But you'll always find him at the very end or at some point. God will be faithful. I will praise him. I will do this. God will help me and God will see me through. So great news today. The answer for discouragement, the answer for life. God will help you because he is faithful and he will see you through. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you today for your presence in our life. We thank you for how you see what we're going through. You know what we feel and you understand and you care. What you're waiting for is for us to come to you, for us to turn to you, to cry out to you, 
to give it to you, to ask for help, and then to worship you, to give you praise because God, you are faithful and you will help us and you will see us through this time. Thank you for that hope that we have, that promise that we have, and the joy that is ours in the midst of discouraging times. May your name be honored in every way we pray. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Sunday morning at 815 and 1045 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next week for Sunday Morning. Faith Assembly Sunday Morning is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.